Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as she travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 457. Other podcasts focus on the present, but the future is ours. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. Looking to the future? Looking to the future. Looking to the future. Actually, I'm not looking to the future because we got that silly Jadoon episode coming next. So, <laughs> Well, you got to go and hit me with them negative waves. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of positive this week, though, for other areas, so oh, that's good. we'll be good. I bet the scorpions weren't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I may be tipping my hat. Uh-huh. Do you guys have a good week? Yeah, not yeah. bad. Do anything fun? We went and saw Frozen 2. How is it? We liked it. We enjoyed it a lot. I don't know. I don't know if it's... Uh, I think Caitlin came out and said she liked it better than the first one. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but it's got a lot of great moments, and it's got... A really strong story for being a sequel to a Disney film where you kind of think, oh, they're going to rehash a lot of the... It, the tone is kind of the same, but but the story is completely different. So nice. I, I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Olaf's a little over the top of this one, but, you know, oh. kind of suffered from Mater syndrome, I think. Yeah, sidekick syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. But we enjoyed it. We liked this cut music, and um, I, I definitely would own it. Of course I don't. It's a Disney <laughs> film. <laughs> like you, it'd have wouldn't. to be absolute trash for me not to buy it. And then, I, sw- then. then I still might consider <laughs> buying it. It's funny you say that. We watched Return of Jafar this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean funny? You should say that. That's an awesome movie. No. I l- oh, no. Return of Return of the Dead. No. Return of Jafar is terrific. No. Absolutely love it. The only thing that that suffers from is no Robin Williams is the voice. So, but overall, it's great. Especially coming out of a uh, out of the uh, cartoon studio instead of the animation studio over there. Coming soon to Flicks with Friends, an entire episode devoted to why Glenn is wrong <laughs> in regards to that's not staying positive. I I I have been the biggest champion of Return of Jafar for a long time, and it's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, when you sit down in the storyboard sessions and you go, you know what this film needs? Not one, but two songs from Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> right off the bat, you yeah, might be in trouble. <laughs> I think that I, I that's a timeless classic. The, the uh, for ba- Forget about the guy. Forget, that's a great f- song, too. Now, the other one, yeah, I could be on the fence with, but but I, I love that song. That's, that's one that's, of the, that's, that's, that's on my top 100 Disney uh, playlist uh, that I have. Not High, no, at the it's top, but probably <laughs> around sixty. So, <laughs> it's a good song. It, it, it works Forget a, about that guy. It works <laughs> as a duet with Jasmine. I'll I'll give you that. But <laughs> yeah. Now, like if you want to talk about how great King of Thieves is, King of Thieves is good I too. Will be all over I like, that. I like King of Thieves, Thieves too. No, if I were to rank them <laughs> as far as order goes, Aladdin's always. Of course, the best. King of Thieves is the second, and then Return of Jafar. Well, but we can agree on but that Return of Jafar is great. I mean, I love it. I think that whole trilogy is good. It would have it would have benefited from having three, like an, the animation studios do, but all of them. But because it it does have that cartoon studio feel, but I think they even handled it well. So it's well, straight to DVD or straight yeah, to DHS. I mean, right, right. Yeah. If you wanted to pick on, yes, you could talk about how primitive the animation looks, especially in comparison. Well, to the, I don't think it's but even primitive. No, I think it it's. it's very, I think it's. It's sim- simplistic, is what it is. Simplistic. It's, as it's well, television it's, animation, is yeah. what it is. Um, it's what they were doing on the Disney TV shows that they were doing for. But see, I, I look at that versus uh, the other Disney stuff that was on at the same time, like Ducktales or. Uh, uh, I don't think it looks even that good. Oh yeah, it, no, it's it just it doesn't no, have the it, same. It definitely does. Um, I mean, it's the same guys doing it. It definitely has the same. Mm. Go go back and watch some Ducktales. <laughs> now, not Ducktales the movie because I think they they even though it was Disney uh, Toon Studios, they they treated that with some special animation and it looked really good. It did. But um, no, I think if you look at any of that uh, Disney Afternoon stuff, 
Yeah, it all looks bad. Yeah, Goof Troop and all of them looked better than this. Oh, it's, you go back, go very, back and look, and go back and tell me, look and tell me that again. Simplistic, I guess, would cover it. But. Yeah, it is some <laughs> simplistic. We're not here to we're not, <laughs> we're not here to <laughs> argue <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Did you watch anything besides Jafar? We went and saw 1917, which was good. Um, the, uh, of course, Roger Deakins, they should just engrave his name on the Oscar already and have it ready to go for him um, for cinematography because mm -hmm. you've heard that it's all at least made to look like it's one shot. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. It's one continuous okay, shot see from pretty much beginning to end. There's one break for sure and I've heard there's like maybe four edits in it that are fairly obvious I only picked up two um, but yeah it's from beginning to end it follows the two guys and um, that's pretty mesmerizing but by that same token I found myself going at this point it's the third time the, an Oscar nominated film in recent years has done that well and just I mean it's a war movie so it's like okay I mean I don't want to diminish that but we've had so many war films and especially after Saving Private Ryan, I kind of think to myself, you really have to come up with something, you know, outstanding to knock my socks off at this point. Okay, let's do it all in one shot. Okay, that does it, but would I still be thinking as highly of it if you hadn't done it that way? And the answer is no, because I don't think the story in particular is that strong. I think it gets high marks for going with World War One, though, instead of yeah, very the, much the, so. the old standbys. Very much. Like I said, I, I don't want to diminish it. It's it's good. It's just it's it's an impressive. It, it's a it's a film geek movie. I think if you if you appreciate film, then you're going to find that extra. Oh, cool. John Q. Public's just going to go. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it. Keith, you watch anything? Uh, we finished watching Crisis on Infinite Earths. A bit of a train wreck, but a pretty enjoyable. Is it really? Oh. It's kind of a mess. Oh. It, my opinion of it may be slightly skewed in the fact that I've dropped off all the CW shows this year. Yeah. I just wanted to jump into this to finish off my CW superhero shows. Yeah. And so I wasn't up to speed on Arrow, and I think it laid a lot of groundwork that I might have gotten more out of it that way. <laughs> There's a lot of fun in it. It's just the stakes I just didn't buy into enough. And partially because I knew how it was going to end. Yeah. Did you watch anything else? Uh, no, but I did finish reading Ahsoka. Oh, good. Like two days later. Cause how was it? It was really good. It's probably one of the best new canon books I've read so far. It sets up, goes into, doesn't necessarily go directly into Rebels, but it sets up her so much that I want another book set between this and Rebels because she handled the character so well. It She has excellent growth throughout the entire book it's just really well done and a lot of fun to read do you own it or did who, you, uh, who wrote it i got it from the library who wrote it ek johnson is I it think? a woman is i believe so yeah i don't want to, i'm surprised i'm not surprised but i'm actually i'm it actually makes me feel kind of good the last these you know i'm in the middle of dark uh, disciple which oh I'm a little, I'm about two thirds of the way, eh, a little over halfway, I guess. Okay, I'm about it. a quarter into it. And it and the last one I read, the um, uh, Master and Apprentice, were both written by women. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm very pleased that there's they're choosing a lot of uh, some diversity in writers. Because I know there were, you know, you had the Karen Travers in the uh, in the Legends, but you, and you never seemed to get very many female writers and this one seems to be leaning not heavily into female writers but uh, striking a balance of female authors so yeah. she uh well they had Vonda and McIntyre yeah and um Kathy, oh, they were they were there well, Burgess Kathy is that uh, the, um, Truce at Bakur that was a woman wasn't it yeah yeah but you're right it, it wasn't other than uh, Travers it wasn't uh commonplace i don't right think. well and travis wrote a bunch of stuff too though yeah. so uh this author went on to write the padme book <laughs> set between phantom menace oh, uh, and queen's game Attack, uh, uh tween, queen's shadow queen's shadow and queen's whatever the next queen next one about her set before phantom menace is coming out soon and based off the strength of her writing i had no interest in that book previously now, now you do now i do that's how well written it was that's cool yeah 
Are you enjoying Dark Disciple? I am enjoying it. It's an interesting read. It's a lot of fun so it, far. It takes Quinlan in a direction that I <laughs> and 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 Ventress in a direction that I never would have expected. I kind of need to go back and revisit the Quinlan episodes because I, in my mind, I still have the Legends version where he's so dark and broody. I don't remember any Quinlan episodes of. He was yeah he had Clone Wars did he? Mm-hmm. See, I remember all the Ventress stuff, but I didn't remember. I mean, I'll have to. I will. I guess I'll have to go back and look at the Quinlan Voss stuff too, because all, all the Quinlan Voss that I remembered was Legends. Stuff yeah, material. where he was so dark and broody. Is that, am I was, remembering him right? Yeah, I don't know that he was point, right. Yeah, was no, uh, that was Mace, Mace Windu. Windu. Um, but wasn't wasn't Quinlan? Uh, Quinlan's in it. He shows yeah, up because yeah. Shatterpoint is essentially Apocalypse Now, where Mace is going into the jungle to go find. Yes, him. yes, right, yeah. But he's the Quinlan boss. Is the, uh, oh, Quinlan is Kurtzman, who he's yeah right. he's going in there. To, oh yeah, to find right. Quinlan. Yeah, yeah, right. Of course, Legends. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shatterpoint was a good book. Yeah, it was. That was a pretty good one. I don't, his characterization in this just seems so light and jovial that it, it, it doesn't mesh with what I remember of him from Legends, I guess is what I'm saying. Yes, no, it's definitely it's, diff- it's definitely a different character yeah. from Legends, yeah. And it, the book so far definitely, you're right, has that Clone Wars feel to it. it. It's taking a little bit of time to get to the main point of it. Well, they've obviously fleshed out... What, what I mean, I don't. And in fact, if they had made this an episode, i they've really padded it out because I well, think it, it would have had to be to, eight. I was gonna say it would have had to been a, a series of episodes. Yeah, it was supposed to be eight explained. episodes. And did you read the forward? I don't think I did. No. Apparently, I don't know how many of these episodes, but the episodes were originally written by George Lucas's daughter. Oh, who used to write for Clone Wars? Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's cool. Charity Return or Shoka? It was a digital loan. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. But yes, I returned it. <laughs> good, good for you. <laughs> it's there digitally. Or, or it returned itself. <laughs> no, I returned it early because oh, I read yeah. it in a week. That's how quickly ah. I read this book, which is really good for me. It's also, I think it was targeted more towards young adults, but it was still pretty long. So, I don't know. The pacing of it was just... A page turner. On my book list, it shows it as a YA novel, but I was when I was looking at it, it nothing nothing about it cries no. YA. So, and according to Goodreads, it's still like almost three hundred and forty pages, anyways. Oh, yeah. So, oh. digital form. I don't know how big the words are, though. So, I mean, if you pick up an actual physical copy, the you know YA books tend to have larger fonts, a little bit. Yeah, that's true. So that might make a difference. Star. Wars. <laughs> Colon. <laughs> Not quite that bad. Anything Reminder, else? If nobody has uh, read Thrawn, uh, it's available. I have it. You can borrow it at any point. Oh, do you? Okay. I'm throwing that out there. Formulating where I was going forward because... It's autographed. You got to take care of it. But. When I checked out um, Dark Disciple, I didn't realize like two hours later... Master and Apprentice returned to me, or was available for me, because I had it on hold, but I never got a notification. So I put it back on hold so I can finish Dark Disciple, because <laughs> somebody else wanted to read it. So. Yeah. All right, well, should we move on to news? We don't have any feedback this week. No so. feedback this week. I can't get out of order. We're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy when we only have one or the other. That's right. Uh, the BBC Studios have announced season fourteen is going to be the next Blu-ray box sets. Woohoo! So if if you're not sure which season that is, that is Mask of Mandragora, The Hand of Fear, Deadly Assassin, The Face of Evil, Robots of Death, and The Talons of Wang Chang. With new digital rat, <laughs> upgraded special effects. So we get one companion departure and one arrival. Yeah. I was thinking about this box set on the way over here, and most of these stories are ones I'd want on Blu-ray, although yeah. I have most of them on DVD. So, I have all of them on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> you do? When did that happen? What? <laughs> did you guys watch the announcement trailer? I did. <laughs> I it was, eh, it was. They've had some better ones. Yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. It, it was, was fun. nothing. I don't think anything is going to top Aces. No, no, that so far has been the best. Yeah. 
Although but still, man, you brought back the Vox robot. That's cool. Collins yeah. was kind of funny too, but <laughs> they've I mean, all been good. They've all been good. They've all been good. I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited about this one. In other news, the Virtual Reality Experience, uh, the Runaway, is now available internationally, where previously it was only available in the UK. So if you have VR, you can go hop on and do the Runaway. And it's is it any VR? Is it Oculus Rift, or is it? Uh, do we know? I think it's on YouTube. <laughs> It's on the Doctor Who YouTube channel. I can go watch it without Especially, any of the headset, huh? And cool. enjoy, there's an go get one of the cardboard headset thing, you know, where you think you can do that. Immersive VR special. And a 365, or a 360 version available on YouTube. We'll have to let Rick know. He had asked me about it. He sent me the trailer. He's like, how come I never heard of this? What is this? How do you know? What do you... Uh, dude, that's... Yeah, you don't. <laughs> 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 only only VR, only in England. Oh. <laughs> I got really excited. The last bit of news is about an area con. Planet Comic Con has yeah. nabbed Christopher Eccleston for, the, for this year's convention. So if you were one of the likely thousands of people who were not able to get your galley tickets <laughs> for next month, you can come here in March. That's right. Yeah, I was so close to not going to play Comic <laughs> I just kept looking at the guest list thinking, you know, that there's some people that wouldn't mind seeing, but there's nobody I really have to see. And of course, I have a feeling his autograph's going to be expensive. 90. Shoot. Now, is that pounds? Or Maybe no, I will. That's, that's according to uh, Planet Comic Con's website. Oh, have they got it updated? Maybe okay. I will pass then because I, I, I wouldn't pay 90 for it. Oh, well. Fifty was going to be my cutoff. Actually, I would have gone up as high as sixty, probably. But... Oh well. Yeah. Out of my price range, I'll pay ninety nine for Matt Smith, but not Chris Spreckles. <laughs> I wouldn't pay ninety nine for any of the any any doctor. Oops, sorry, it's a hundred. They've upped it. Since oh, they've then. upped it. Oh. 100 for photo op, 100 for autograph. Yeah, it's definitely out. And he's only going to be there Saturday only. Oh, wow. Oh, my darn. So he's going to be very, very busy. I was looking. The uh, Stranger Things kids are 50 apiece. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, my darn. Except for, you know, what's-her-face. Susie. Oh, she's, is she? I didn't see that she yeah, was going to be there. Yeah, she's going to be there, too. Oh, I'll be darned. Yeah, um, Dustin. Yep. And Lucas. Yep. And Susie. Yeah. I knew Dustin and Lucas. That's it for news. All right. Well, let's move on to our review. By the way, if you are sending in feedback, or if you think you have sent in feedback for this week's show, we are recording a day early, so there's a good chance that you. We'll have sent it on Monday following our recording, and we'll just have to get to it next week. So yeah, that's we a, apologize. That's a fair point. Yeah. So we do normally record on Monday. So Hold on. We just got some feedback. We just got some feedback. <laughs> this just in. This just in. Spoke it into existence. It's from Jamie. He writes, Hi, Vortexers. So I didn't watch last week's episode. The rest of the family was watching football instead. Sounds like I didn't miss much. That brings us to Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, or as I like to call it, as the actual title is a bit of a mouthful, Tesla versus the Alien Scorpions. <laughs> I enjoyed this one. It was a bit slow, but had a good ending. The chemistry between Tesla and the Doctor worked well. Whitaker does seem to be gelling more into the role. Graham and Ryan are, are becoming a great double act. The actor who played Tesla looked... Just like him and did very good. The Sikrath were kind of cool based on the look of their queen. I wonder if they're related to the Rachnos. Overall, a good episode. Let's hope that last week was a fluke because apart from that, this season is shaping up to be a good one. And next week we get the Jadoon. So there's that to look forward to. Jamie. 
Thank you, Jamie. Thank, Thank you, Jamie. Jamie. Okay. Now, now our reviews. Our review. The time. The earliest years of the 20th century. The place. New York City. Inventor Nikola Tesla is at war with his rival, Thomas Edison. However, there's an even greater threat in their midst. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. This one was fun. Of course, they they, <laughs> they only had up to go from last week. So. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I was going to say even the frog, talking frog might have been better than last week, but... I don't know. Mm, yeah, I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll start. I really, uh, you know, Jamie said it was slow, but I don't, I it thought that it started out slow. I don't know that I thought it was It took ever a little bit slow. for the doctor to show up. It but. did, but I think what I what I liked about it is I felt like the pacing on it was really, really well done. It, yeah. there, there never was kind of a, a dull moment. Um, it was really intriguing. Um you know, as you said, the the doctor takes a while to show up. When she finally does, she rescues uh, Tesla and the woman from you know. And suddenly they're on a train and they're on their way to New York. And then you know, it's just it 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 really paces itself out really nicely throughout yeah. the whole thing. Um, I like the somewhat accuracy that they had with Tesla's backstory. You know, just with with the things and where he was at that time in his life. Uh, it's real easy to get caught up in the fact that Edison was this great inventor and everybody kind of, you know, I think people sort of look up to and idolize Edison. And I think this this really told sort of what history leaves out of Edison's story, that he really was more of a business businessman that, you know, turned other people's ideas into his own. Um, not not that he wasn't a smart man and he wasn't a, a an inventor himself, but this this grounds him, but it doesn't entirely vilify him which i liked because uh i watched a documentary on tesla a year or two ago that really came down hard and vilified uh um uh edison and i sort of thought well okay maybe maybe he deserved that based on the way that 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 tesla was treated throughout his life although tesla was a bit unhinged not like uh, crazy unhinged he just he was he was a bit off and so some of his own demise was his own doing as well. Mm. But uh, this did a, a nice job of striking that balance of not turning Edison into this really bad guy and kind of, you know, at the end, giving him that bit of a moment of, you know, well, you should come back and work for me and, you know, that kind of. So I liked that. I thought they did. A, they, they handled that really well by giving some um, giving some. Um, adversarial ship adversarial ship there but not you know completely leaving it with them still at odds so even though they still were at odds at the end of <laughs> tesla's life so i can partially agree with that I, I see where you're coming from and i don't know that i disagree but i very much took it as you know when they're okay you guys go get people off the streets Tesla's night of terror. He's still experimenting with lightning. Everybody flee for your lives. It's like, dude, that's kind of, that's mean. Well, <laughs> what, it was, but effective. And I think that that's, what, that's I, what I liked about it was, yes, he, I mean, and even Yaz sort of looks to him like, I can't believe you just did that, but then realizes, okay, well, the, 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 the ends justify the means. So I, I it, thought. And that, it, it's one of those things where it comes across where it's too, birds with one stone sort of situation. Yeah, I mean, don't sure, he, sure. do. he didn't do yeah. it strictly to ruin the business. He did it to save people's lives. Right. Oh, but I'm also going to continue to ruin his business, right, which is a right. really good thing. And then coming back at the end and saying, well, why don't you come work for me again? That's really kind of a slap because I didn't pay you anything when you worked for me originally. So come and do that again. Well, <laughs> y- yes, but but the doctor points out that Edison finally realizes his worth, finally That's realizes true. Tesla's worth. And I think that is placed in the right place so that at the end you realize that, okay, if he did go back to work for Edison, he might be might be treated better, might be paid what he's worth at that point. So. Now, I'll be honest. I come at this from a, a, a weird angle because as a kid— uh, I had seen um, Thomas Edison, the uh, um, Spencer Tracy yeah, movie. Yeah. And okay, first Which, of all, 
glamorizes and glorifies. Oh, it very much yeah. glamorizes Edison. Edison, yeah. Um, and when you look at the list of accomplishments and you see everything that at the time we thought he was responsible for, <laughs> and then you've got Spencer Tracy playing him, it's very easy to idolize Edison. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of a you know childhood hero growing up. And then you begin to kind of hear some of the stories and realize some of the things that, well, maybe they, they probably glamorize that just a little bit much. And then you do the research and you find out, oh, maybe not. Tesla really was kind of, and I think it's very cool because uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Tesla nut now. And I think it's very cool that we're kind of in this Tesla renaissance that people have, are finally starting to give him his due and realize yeah, what yeah. he was responsible yeah. for and give him some credit. And yes, I think some of the natural backlash to that is to now vilify Edison some. And I, I think you're right that it's not necessarily that he's a bad guy. It's that he's a businessman. Yeah. First and foremost, he, he what he says, you know, I take people's inventions and figure out how to sell them. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the, you, you cannot take that away from him of all the things that he, you know, he patented or in, in this case patented, which man, <laughs> did that drive me nuts. Well, <laughs> they, they were they were they're aiming at a British audience. That's I understand. Why, so. but even, twitch, though twitch, twitch, twitch. even though they're speaking American. <laughs> speaking american um, <laughs> but so so there, there's that element to it that i was like eh, okay <laughs> let it go sean let it go because <laughs> i have I, i've 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 become a big a big tesla i think the guy. thing i that fascinates me the most about tesla is the fact that he his entire life sabotaged himself he had mm-hmm. these great wonderful brilliant mm-hmm. ideas but he got so focused on trying to make one thing a reality that he never he never managed to invent anything. The only thing that he's really responsible practically that we use now is alternating current. And the only reason we use alternating current now is because Edison had the direct current uh, uh, generator and it had issues with the fact that it lost current the further away from the generator that it got. Mm-hmm. And that's what Tesla came in, and that what the idea was to do alternating current, which would continue to basically um, recycle the current as it went through the coil, so that you didn't lose the integrity of the of the voltage by the time you got to the end of the line. It continued to alternate, so it would make it to the end of the line which kind of comes back to edison being the business and that's man, and, he, he was and after selling the generator that's exactly right but another generator in every so many right miles. right yeah and so that's you know the that's why ac was bad because dc was the best but then that ends up fixing a problem with the generator that he did have and that's when he ends up you know firing <laughs> or laying him off because well no he doesn't lay him off Tesla leaves because of the fact that he's just going to pay him, you know, an extra 10 bucks instead of paying him however much it was to to fix the. So, but he had that, you know, Tesla had that idea. Now they they play that to the strengths in this episode Mm -hmm. with the, and I can't remember what was the name of the big antenna at the, actually it's named after the the point that they, Um, he built it at Wycliffe. Wycliffe. yeah. Yeah. Um, the Wycliffe project is was I mean that was his bread and butter. That's what he went bankrupt and became a penny. And I'm glad she brought that up at the end because I I don't know that a lot of people knew that he pretty much died penniless. But uh, but they they use that focus to a great means in this story, and I think that works for that's a, one of its strong suits as well. Well, I think they also one of the strengths of it is they f- talk a little bit about how. Had he been a little bit better of a businessman, he would have been the first billionaire. That's absolutely he was right. So smart. He had and those ideas. Yeah, all those ideas and all the ideas that we kind of, as the companions point out, well, that's this and this and this. He had those ideas originally. He just never could develop them. Right. And they really focus on that, I think, to its strength. Yeah. Had he had the money to do it, had he had the investors to do it. Although he did have investors on the, uh, what was the name of the project again, the White? White Cliff. White Cliff. He had to, he did have investors for a time, but they when when that project wasn't going anywhere, wasn't producing results. Yeah, and then unfortunately, and he did he 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 is credited to having created the first radio signal. But Marconi fortunately got or for for Marconi fortunate uh, got to the patent office first, <laughs> so that got taken out from underneath him. But 
It's yeah. interesting. They, they they really did hit upon you know Wi-Fi and uh, uh, remote control and uh, radar. radio and radar and all these things that legit. That's what. That's what his, that's what but. Tesla's credited for is the the innovation of it. Yes. The the idea that pushed a lot of thinkers later on the down the road to start looking toward wireless on everything. Yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. So and certainly he is deserving. And that's why they talk about, you know, he's 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 basically the future thinker. He's the the one that thought this stuff up long before anybody practically were able to apply it. So Yeah. Um yeah, the scorpions. <laughs> While they may be anthropomorphized, I like the fact that they had their designs similar to the Rachnos, that they could almost be cousins. Yeah. I like I like the design choice to make them look similar. I guess I guess my problem with it is the rather humanoid face of the queen, but the animal face or the buggy face of the minions. And I that's that's probably where I come down hardest. See, I was I was more issue with the her more humanoid body. Yeah, no, that too. Less less yeah. the face, more the body. Yeah. Well, just I I think package wise, uh, we're we're going to here's the queen. Okay, cool. You know, it's it's great makeup. It's a, a great design, and I thought the actress very much, um, almost an Eldred kind of over the top. Camp well, I think she, it, which was really cool. I think she portrayed it in much the same way that um, what's her name played the Rachnus as yeah. the queen, yeah. of the, the queen yeah. Rachnus as. And I agree with Keith. I didn't the, recognize her at all. The, the makeup styling was very okay. This is familiar, but not necessarily the same. So it could have been Silurian Sea Devil kind of situation. Mm-hmm. That maybe yeah. they're maybe they're related. Yeah. But then you look at the queen in relation to the worker drones, whatever right, they are, right. and it's like these don't go together. <laughs> just the fact that she has a tail does not in any way, shape, or form make me believe that this is part of the same species. And again, I get it. You know, queen bees are a little different than the you know the worker bees, but it, not not to that extent. Yeah. One of them is not bipedal. You know that 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 was that was a little too. Nah, I'm not sure I buy it, but I will give them props for the fact that the. Uh, anthropomorphized scorpions had an extra set of pincers pincer arms down front that kind of you know <laughs> they reacted and waved around and it was like oh okay that's not it's not just a bug it's a there's a little more going on it's there a four-armed it. bug yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought their motivations were f- a bit interesting and a nice change of pace the fact that they just want to have their ship fixed and they're just they're they're scrappers essentially. Yeah, their ship's they're, just full of fo- store, stolen parts. Yeah, and they're going to steal an engineer in order to make <laughs> it order, run. Yeah, I, I like that. And the fact that the only reason they are have any interest in the Earth is that, and the only reason they want to destroy anybody is just to leverage them to give him over. Right. I like that yeah. aspect. No, of it. I agree. it was a nice change of pace. And that Tesla, being the the future thinker that he is, is the most advanced engineer on the planet. So yeah, that's the one we need. Yeah. So I didn't know until afterwards that was Ronnie, the Queen. Yeah. From Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh really? I yeah. didn't know. Didn't even. <laughs> yeah. Did not even know that. Yeah, I I saw the name in in uh, uh, something after I didn't realize it was her until I saw her name and I was like oh yeah okay that's who that was I didn't realize until after when I looked it up that Tesla was uh, Luca from ER yeah yeah we had that news I yeah but (laughs) I'm I'm sure we did I've forgotten and it's all new to me um I'm not sure how do I want to put this not sure that our companions were used to their full There's, potential. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, that's, I agree. That's a, that's a really good they way. They definitely putting it. took a backseat for Tesla and Edison to yeah. take a starring role, which, which I'm finding is a pattern. This, yeah, I don't know season. why we complain about it because it's not like this hasn't ever happened in yeah. Doctor Who before. Well, <laughs> and, and and that's another thing. Not just this season. That's another thing that I, that I'm wondering if this is a push the companions to the back burner to make it more like Doctor Who, you know, to to just have them there as as 
either com- comedy relief or have them there to ask questions or to, because they, that, that was that was a role in this one who tesla who you know yeah. to drive home the point that tesla's not as well known as edison that's really all their purposes purposes in this one um and, I and they're helpers i mean that they're helpers to a in this point one. but tesla who Really? Yeah. You've, well, not seen that a, mm-hmm. you've not seen a movie made in the 20th century or uh, <laughs> something else Edison's uh, taking credit for. Uh, <laughs> oh, my kids had no idea who Tesla was. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I retract my statement. But you know, it's ca- it's got to be a really hard line to walk because last season we were complaining that the doctor wasn't a big enough role and she was pushed to the background for the companions. And now this season it's the companions being pushed back. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think it just I, they they need to find a balance. I they think. do. They need to. It unfortunately goes back to the crowded TARDIS. I I personally just think three companions plus the Doctor is one too many. Uh, we see. I agree, but uh, all right, I can I can concur with you on that a point. But last season we did it didn't feel crowded, and I think the reason it didn't feel crowded is because they were doing things with the companions. They were telling mm-hmm. stories. Yes, I think we all argued that Yaz did not get enough. But it felt like that they were actually making, uh, you know, an attempt to give the companions something to do, give them some character development. Now it feels like crowded TARDIS because there's three people doing nothing in the well, background. Well, I think the other, the, the flip part of that is the uh, guest syndrome. Is well, yeah. We had guest stars last season that we complained weren't given anything to do. Yes, no, you're and right. It's like, why did you bother bringing Mark Addy in if you were just going to give him two lines and that you know, and that, yeah. that was it. You're right, you're right. And this season, oh, we have a guest star and he is running around with the doctor doing it. So now we, we, we've pulled the fifth doctor move where okay, we're going to focus on this element of it and these people and the companions have to fade into the background. And it may just be that they lumped these particular group of episodes together at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So that's what we're getting. It's a, a bit of up. a catch 22, to be honest with you, yeah. because you know, you, you do have to find that balance. You have to find that balance of giving the doctor and the companions enough to do so that none of them feel like they're in the background, but also give enough to the guest of the week some to do so that they're not yeah. pushed to the background as well. Yeah. But I maintain with two companions, you can have your cake and eat it too. I think that opens it up enough that you're not, necessarily shelving somebody if you bring in a guest star and it still enables you to do the backstory because i i you know as much as i like classic who i don't want to return to the what is it doctor you know i i don't i don't (laughs) want that companion i like knowing more about these people in their lives and and how the doctor impacts that but at the same time you you can't do nothing but companion it still has to be doctor who right yep it's true well, and Nicola's essentially companion felt a little bit, other than to give him sympathy and give us exposition about Tesla himself, felt a little unnecessary also. A little extraneous. Yeah. Yeah. Or at the very least, she should have been put in a better, bigger danger so that Nicola would have some conflict of what he needed to do or something. Something could have been done to utilize her better. Well, and they didn't need. To, you're absolutely right. They didn't need to because the world was enough yeah. to to, yeah. <laughs> to motivate him to do the right thing. So it was. It was. Just, yeah. She was just there to give exposition about Tesla to yeah. the companions. Well, and historically, I also don't think that was a. There wasn't a mascarette. Yeah. yeah t- t- well, Tesla was not known for his uh, traveling companions, as it were. No, but he had, he had a wife very late in life, and very I wa- I wondered if this was her. I didn't. I don't know. I don't remember from the documentary that I watched if her last name was Garrett. But um, I don't remember. I, I wondered if this was the uh, she ends up marrying him later I, they, I did, they did play off a couple of moments like there may have been a romantic interest well, so at maybe, least maybe that's from her side um, I don't know there were moments of this episode that I really really liked and there were moments that I kind of sat there going eh it, it just it's kind of I don't want to say run of the mill but it, 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 it very much felt like an early Maybe it's just because of the similarities of um, of the Queen. Well, it in, felt like a Tenet episode, didn't it? it, it yeah, yeah felt, I agree. felt like a Tenet or an Eccleston. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And even the way it was, well, shown, I think too. I, I think I land on 
that felt more like a tenant because I think the the production quality was better than at like Eccleston years. So and and a little more yeah. manic with the yeah. pacing when we're chasing down the train and yes. and that kind of stuff. Yes. But even the way it was shot, moments of very high energy and then almost slamming the brakes on to give exposition. Yeah. yeah. When 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 we're on the alien ship and the the, the queen is shot primarily in extreme close-ups and and Dutch and angles. angles. Yeah, and then um, the backdrop of of the ship and the clutter and the just you know everything chaos that's going on, the chaos of it, the busyness of it, that to me felt very much like a uh, a, a tenant um, era production. Yeah. That it just it, it had that kind of feel to it, and I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it, uh, I think mostly. Who directed forward. this one? That's what I was going to look to see. Uh, I, she is one of the newcomers, I believe. Linda Manzur. I think she, she. I think it was aptly directed. I thought yeah. it was. Uh, it was. You know, it was pleasantly shot. It was the the pace was very well done. I did like a lot of the Dutch angling, especially in those. And and even though it kept bothering me that she was very humanoid, <laughs> and and the and, and her minions weren't. I did appreciate and like the, the very close shots of her when she was at, when she was doing her acting. The nice was, thing about the close shots is you didn't see the rest of her, so you for, I, I a lot of times you forgot, forgot she was bipedal. She was bipedal. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that was the intent was to kind of hide the fact that you know, or or maybe maybe there was a practical tale that was part of the costume and it didn't work and yeah. that's what they're doing digital with it or I don't know yeah. but it, it, it very much felt like a creative solution to a problem that we didn't know about but I was okay with it because it looked cool so. yeah. or they didn't have the budget to make of actual full prosthetic scorpion body like they did for Rachnos to have a huge prosthetic spider body actually I'm kind of glad they didn't because that was one of the things we complained about the Rachnos was the fact that she was very limited in her movement so she had all yeah. this upper body stuff but the 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 prosthetic didn't do very much it wasn't very they, believable you think they could have done the cgi bottom half at least oh absolutely but did you know no pseudo uh this is kind of sort of based on a true story did he actually reach out to Mars? He did. Oh, he, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. He had yeah, contact yeah. with he, Mars? He did pick up uh, 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 transmissions of some sort. He thought he did, yes. He was convinced <laughs> that uh, having eliminated the sun, the moon, and Venus as pot, uh, potential uh, <laughs> locations, that he was convinced they came from Mars. Yeah. yeah I, I wondered know. if that was part of... Hmm, interesting. A, a little... Going back to Tesla creating problems for himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I and I strongly believe that he did get some sort of signal. I don't know that it came from Mars, but I think he did get. But the unfortunate thing about that was he was he was branded a lunatic because of that, or yeah. at least you know not all there. Well, what's funny is that um, the doctor may have um, impacted his life a little more than than anticipated. Because in, in, in yet another great example of, hey, let's leave the atomic cannon on the hillside and not worry about going back for it, uh, nobody picked up the Silurian ray gun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, what's interesting, true, is that Tesla later did claim to have invented a death ray. Well, that's what, uh, well, what's his face was trying to use? That uh, apparently concerned the U.S. government so much that they confiscated all of his writings after his death. And it wasn't until 2016, it's been relatively yeah, recently, yeah. that the FBI finally declassified some of his blueprints <laughs> yeah. and yeah. designs and, and things. Just saying. I think it's. <laughs> I, I, no, I think it's a fun little uh, uh, so they probably thing that they did in there in order to... Purpose. Yeah. Nice. It may have been a Silurian death ray. Oh, that was something that bothered me when she said uh, that you have a Silurian ray gun that's clearly alien, and I kept thinking, it's, it's not, not alien. alien. <laughs> yeah, they ran with that ball, didn't they? <laughs> it's terrestrial. <laughs> terrestrial. <laughs> Just happens to be a species that's very deep underneath the Earth right now. I thought that, too, and then just gave it a pass because ah. they didn't have the time to try to explain <laughs> what the well, Silurian it, what, meant. What, what kills me about it is they got so much right about the Nikola, Nikola Tesla that they got their own. <laughs> <laughs> they got Doctor Who wrong. 
Well, you know, they got the air issue last time. Yeah, and, too, and, and, so. and how frequently would we have seen both Tenet or, or, or Smith go, well, it's actually, a you know, and, yeah, and exactly. proceed to, con- you know, <laughs> confuse people even further by explaining it. See, and it feels like... That's very much what Jody would do, though. Yeah, I guess Very it. much in Jody's yeah. wheelhouse to... Throw the asides on. That's why I was surprised they didn't go there with it. It was like, ah, it must have been cut for time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So overall, it was a it was a plus. It was an enjoyable episode. I'm not sure. I. I don't like the title. (laughs) I I like the title. I like the title. It's not very Doctor Who-y. That's okay. No, neither is the Crimson Aura. No, that's very Doctor Who. <laughs> Are you kidding? That is the most Doctor Who title that ever Doctor Who'd. <laughs> I'm not sure what I how I feel about, you know, the end where Yaz is so now he's gonna be all rich and famous, right? And it just felt almost like a deflated balloon. <laughs> well another convenient opportunity for them to preach at us. It didn't feel preachy. That's the thing. And yeah, it didn't, it didn't fortunately. It didn't, didn't feel preachy. There was a message there, I think, but it didn't. Well, feel yeah. I, I felt it. Uh, it didn't have the emotional resonance at me, but it's like, okay, Yaz, you're not aware of who this guy is. We established that early. Okay, given. Oh, now he's going to be rich and famous, right? You still don't know who. He is. <laughs> if he was rich and famous, wouldn't you have heard of? That's right, kind of my right. thought process. It, too. it feels like they dumbed Yaz down in order to that, give us that. That's that a good preach point. moment. That's a really good point. Well, and it, for me, it didn't even feel so much like preach. It felt like they were trying to tug at heartstrings, like they were trying to it, pull a Vincent and the Doctor on I, us. I, yeah. I agree Whereas, with that. Oh, look, his life's going to be tragic from here on out. I agree with that. I think it was also a, uh, it was a chance to educate the audience further as yeah. to what happened to. Tesla at the expense of Yaz yeah. as a character. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's how they did it. There, there. Yeah, there could have been, a, there could have been a better way, and to maybe have done that than use it at, at Yaz's expense. But that's what they did. It is kind of. But you're right. It sort of felt like that whole Vince of the Doctor, or even the In the Rosa, where it kind of felt, eh, okay, yeah. There, there's a message to be taken here, but doesn't quite land as well yeah which is a shame because all the rest of how they handled tesla i liked except yeah. for that little bit at the very end i just don't want that to be a trope of this but era I... of oh look at these great historical figures that are truly tragic and we want to try to fix them but we can't well i don't know i I, I actually like to see a whole season of that where the but you, don't point you, it out. Well, yeah, maybe don't point it out. <laughs> That's the, the end. problem. Don't point it out every single time. <laughs> At least don't make it, don't make it obvious that you're pointing right. it out. <laughs> like Spyfall, like they they didn't point it out, but they still showed that you know they had to take away the memories, and that part was sad. And yeah. they would go on to do stuff, and then. But then Tesla, I guess. Tesla and Edison both get to retain their memories. I guess they're far enough along their timeline that maybe most of what they could develop is done. I don't know. Well, it's, oh, and they it's, didn't see their own future. That's just it. They yeah, they that's really the didn't. Thing. They didn't go see their own future. They saw some technology that was quite beyond their years, but that they'd they never be able to replicate. Right. Exactly. You know what's funny? Maybe it's due to the the, the past uh, versions that have been portrayed of of both Tesla and Edison. But when the guy showed up, I was went, oh, he doesn't look much like Tesla, but okay. I don't know why. I just In, in my mind, I guess Tesla is, well, Tesla's David Bowie from the Prestige. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my Tesla. Tesla should Probably have an air of alienness about him, and Bowie <laughs> nailed it. But even um, uh, uh, Edison, I was kind of like, oh, that's who you got to play Edison? I thought Tesla spot okay. on to well, the documentary that I saw. If, if you go back and look at photos of these two men, the casting of this episode nailed it. Yeah, both I, of them are spot on. I don't think Edison was as cast as well as as Tesla, but they both they both were good casting. I just um, thought that was funny. I was like, "You're not Tesla." <laughs> the guy who played you're not that uh, Hollywood version of Tesla. <laughs> yeah, because the guy who played Tesla is from the same region of Europe that Tesla was. Croatia. From. Croatia. Yeah. yeah, I can remember off the top of my head. Was it Croatia originally, or is no, it, it wasn't Croatia when Tesla was there? <laughs> it's the country now known as Croatia, right? Or no, is it I reversed? think it was. Was it Croatia? 
That part I don't know. I think Croatia's always been Croatia. At one point, I think it was part of the Soviet Union, but or in that region of dispute. But he was Serbian Croatian. Yeah. Here we go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, so, Serbian traveling the vortex teaches geography. <laughs> Serbian was the like. It's not religion, but it's like the culture of people is Serbia and the Serbian region. So he was, he was Croatian. He was born in the Aust- Austrian Empire, which is now modern day Croatia. Gotcha. So the Austrian Empire is what it was when Tesla was born. It wasn't called the Austrian Empire. It was the, the, Austrian, says. the Austrian Empire was basically the governance of that entire area. But Croatia, I believe, has always been Croatia. I think it's now just its own sovereignty. And that's why I think that's what that's saying. Here we, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Trying <laughs> the vortex teaching, there, trying to a, teach geography, and getting um, it all wrong. That's about all I have. I that's think. all I got too. <laughs> <laughs> we moved on to geography. It's <laughs> time to to, to 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 call it quits. The geopolitical features of Croatia. Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? More Doctor Who. Next week, episode five. Prisoner of the Jadoon. Fugitive of the Jadoon. Fugitive. Fugitive. Yeah, you're right. Because it kind of sort of almost rhymes. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. All right. Well, be sure to check out our website, travelingvortex.com, for updates on this podcast. And while you're there, please consider clicking on that Patreon link and consider supporting us. And remember, you can send your feedback and comments to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or by clicking on the send feedback link on the website. Please send us money. We need geography books. (laughs) (laughs) Or a tutor. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.